0: I'm Serginio Dest, and you're listening to BR Football Ring. Happy birthday, Rank Squad. BR Football Ranks is one year old today. The Rank Squad is all here. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host as ever. And joining me are two of the nicest men in football, Mr. Sam Tai and Mr. Dean Joe. Hello, mate. But been a good year, lads. We've had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's gone all right, hasn't it? We weren't sure if we'd last one episode, two episodes or a year. And, uh, 60 episodes
0: later, yeah. here we are. Yeah, 60 we've... episodes, wow. We've not been canned yet. No, just, just about, just about. Uh, before we get on to today's episode, mm. which is going to be more fun and games, and I know Sam's favourite type oh, of episode, a predictions episode for 2020. Do you know
2: I feel a bit more bullish about this one than last time? Do you remember last time when we did this? <laughs> I, I was probably, so unhappy. It was probably the saddest day of 2019 for me personally, and you guys could feel it as well. I just looked so miserable when I walked in the door. You mm. were but today. I feel be. I feel better about it. I don't know what's come over me. New year, yeah. Me,
0: new you. New Year, your same old prediction. You're older, so, mate. Oh, they'll still be terrible. Yeah, you're still not going to get anything, right. No. But we've done some cool stuff. I'm going to start you off by asking each your favourite moment, and then we'll do our favourite guests and favourite podcast in general. So, Dean, favourite moment last year? Favourite moment
1: was probably uh, meeting Schweinsteiger.
0: Mm. Because...
1: I think, as you say, when we started off the pod, we didn't really know where, where we were going to end up, what kind of journey we were about to go on. And I just remember when we were sat in that room in Chicago waiting for Schweinsteiger, I was just thinking, this has gone pretty well, actually. And then he, you're thinking, he might not show up, to be fair. Yeah, and then yeah. when he actually walked in that room and held up the Rank Squad shirt, I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: good, moment. Yeah, good, that moment, a good Sam? moment. I mean, mine's easy, isn't it? Solving mysteries in Paris. <laughs> I mean that was the best it came late in the year. Yeah. Uh but asking Virgil van Dyke to solve a mystery for us or to put something to bed that had been rumbling on this podcast for several months, does he wear an aftershave? That was a real, really proud moment for me. I mean it's even been immortalised in cartoon form on my Instagram page. It is pretty incredible. Yeah, somebody got in touch and said, Can I
0: draw you? And I was like, You can if you draw this. Yeah, as long as it is exactly this. Yeah. I think my favourite moment was are coming across in the Fiorentina training session oh, at amazing. Red Bulls when David Hanker was like, oh, I've been listening to your podcast today. And I was like, sorry? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, weird. That was a moment I was yeah. like, we've invaded in some still sort Favourite guest, Dean?
1: Reese James. That's
0: a nice one. Yeah, I always like Reece. his
1: episode. I would need yeah. to get him back in soon because he needs his hat-trick ball. But we've yeah. had him on twice. And uh, that Tottenham episode, when they were... Well, it was just before the Champions League final, wasn't it? When he just basically tore apart his own club. <laughs> um, I just love it, obviously. He's he's a very funny bloke anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah,
2: I just love these shows. So, yeah, Rhys. Sam? Um, I, in terms of the chats that we had with guests, I think I enjoyed the one with Azmir Begovic the most, uh, which is a much more serious chat than than we had with, uh, with Reese James either time that he came on. But Begovic being so open and getting to talk about the intricacies of goalkeeping, that was really interesting to me. And the fact that Begovic, you know, sat there and he 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 had the balls to basically rank his top goalkeepers, you know, mm-hmm. he, you know, uh, picking among his literally his peers. The fact that he was willing to do that, which is something that quite a lot of people would have shied away from, and the fact that he name-checked a commentator for being rubbish and understanding nothing about goalkeeping made me laugh so much. He called no punches <laughs> that day. Yeah, no, it was um, uh,
0: pretty brutal. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, um, it was. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed Thomas Müller making cow noises and um, oh, that yeah. was oh, yeah. that was a it, pretty yeah. special moment yeah. um, but actually I'm going to throw really early on and actually uh, one of our Early episodes which I loved was with Jimmy Conrad, yeah, uh, where we picked oh, yeah. five a side team. And, and obviously second episode. It is quite hard to, to go back because I think we've improved over the course of the year. You'd hope we would, anyway, mm. you know, getting more and more was good unit, but really, really strong. Obviously, the studio didn't exist at that point. We were four of us around the little table, yeah. yep. you know, keeping it really tight. I thought we had a lot of fun that day. We well, you know, did actually. I think that episode would still stand up well today. Yeah, you know, Jimmy terrific.
2: claims all the credit for the for this any any perceived success of this <laughs> podcast because Fair he, play he, he thinks that he set, set us up with a
0: high standard. He was off. the first external member of the rank squad, I suppose. Yes, he was. So that, yeah. is, that was something to be... We need to yeah, get him back at, at him. Some We point. should get him back soon. We're going my, to see but him. But
2: my favourite episode entirely was the one from Chicago. I think I completely agree. Um, 100%. I mean, you look back on it now, and you've got three big hitters. First of all, you open with Divock Origi, talking about how he can't even go to Foot Locker anymore. Then you've got Mike McGee, settling in and just talking all sorts of rubbish. And then the Section 8 Ultras from Chicago, and specifically Maud, who uh, who basically just spoke about her love for Benoit Asuokoso and how he leaves places unannounced.
0: And Honestly. An ex- Iconic moment that, in, that in episode Ranks 10, is, if,
1: Yeah, if you haven't listened to every episode of the pod and you just want to pick a, a random one from the past to listen to, go and listen to the Diva Origi
0: one, because I genuinely do think it's the best one we've done. I think yeah. it's called Ranks on the Road, live from Chicago, yeah. and it really is a mismatch July-ish. of... Yeah, of uh, some of the most weird and wonderful. It was people. a lot of fun. We talked about nicknames with different. Like, yeah, careers. we, 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 we had gave a pizza. him a nickname. We had a pizza with Mike. He yeah. talked about Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane yeah. and David Beckham. I think we loads. were a bit drunk as well at the Chicago Fire it, it was just all <laughs> fantastic, and we just had a cracking day, sure, yeah. and that was pretty special. We've got In a new mind. version of Hot Takes for you. So if this is rank squad year two. Mm. This is going to be ranks 2.0. And I wasn't gassing. So listen up. Here's the lowdown. We're going to start playing to our skill sets. So over there, I have Dean Jones, transfer insider, ear to the ground. And every week, he's going to give you one thing you need to know that's going on in the football world. Over here, Sam Tai, rank God, Tactics Titan, is going to give you the depth, the lowdown on something that you might have missed this week. And then there's me. I <laughs> the love of this game. We call it football, soccer, couch, whatever you call it. I'm going to ping you something that I love and I think you will love as well. So without further ado, let's get it, DJ. Something that we need to know. We need to talk about James
1: Madison because we did a big transfer episode last time around and he didn't crop up in that conversation. And now he's a big talking point. So let's address it. Man United are linked with a £45 million plus Jesse Lingard bid. This is what did you two robbery. think?
2: What did you two think of this? This is disrespectful. <laughs> Stop chucking players that you don't want Did
1: you think it was? A, did you think it was a genuine like, oh, are they actually thinking of that or is it made up? Honestly... That
2: I wouldn't put that past him. Yeah, I, so- I, mean, I
0: felt sorry for Jesse Lingard, man. Like it, you can't include him in bits and bobs like this because one, he's getting slagged off by everyone, well, and you two, think- it is one of those things where like you're just like,
1: oh, he's obviously just not wanted. And
0: well, that's it's interesting. So cruel.
1: And that's absolutely so. It was genuinely being spoken about at Man United. They had they they saw that as an 85 million pound offer because they rate Lingard at 40 million. So in their minds, they're like, this is how we offer 85 million for James Madison. Um, Jesse Lingard obviously got wind of it once it's it's out there did was not happy about it funny enough he doesn't want to join Leicester he wants to stay at Man United certainly doesn't want to hear about it like this suddenly Jesse Lingard has employed Mina Rayola as his new agent so not only does he pop in with to Solskjaer to say like what's going on with about this and Solskjaer's like Solskjaer from what I hear tried to put him at ease like don't worry like you're going nowhere it's all fine um, Lingard's like okay fine by the way I've got a new agent it's Mina Rayola. And walks out. Of, and that's how basically United found out that Riola, over the course of the weekend, is Lingard's uh, new agent. Let's not forget, Lingard gets on very well with Paul Pogba, who Riola is trying to get out of Man
2: United at the moment. So, United, complete chaos club. Wait a minute, that. what's the end goal here? win a move to Leicester. What's he doing? What's Lingard trying to achieve? Yeah, Raiola only does one thing and that's move players. And if he wants to stay, what is going on here? I think, well, obviously, is
0: like, Lingard, power play?
2: Ling- Yeah, it's
1: a power play, isn't it, on Lingard's but It's like, well, you're going to treat me like that. I know how I can get you back. That's what. It, that's how it's so being fair, perceived. United
2: absolutely despise dealing with Minariola, right? They don't want to do it. Absolutely so absolutely hate it.
1: It's a really interesting move by Lingard. Um, technically, they're, the official line is that he wants to improve in other areas outside of like just the footballs. So they want R- Rayola to build other assets of his. Well, he's got his YouTube stuff. His he's got his
2: fashion line. He well, does, there you go. Anyway,
1: let's get back to James Madison, who was linked with Man United. It's not going to happen in this window. Like this deal is not happening. Um, and more than that, I think he'll end up signing a new deal at Leicester. So, currently gets about fifty grand a week at Leicester. They've been in talks with him for almost two months now to try and get him. To sign a new deal and just haven't agreed the right terms so far. Basically, what we should prepare ourselves for is in the coming weeks, Madison signs a new contract with Leicester. He'll look for parity with Vardy, who actually is only on 120 grand a week basic. What works for Leicester is that Madison does really enjoy it playing under Brendan Rodgers, is enjoying the fact that they're chasing Champions League football this season, is expected to see out this season with them, and then it makes sense, just wait till the end of the season, see, see what options are on the table for you, see if you want to stay at Leicester any longer, which might be a good option for you, or do you go somewhere bigger and better, or Man United? OK. <laughs> right, Sam, what have we missed this
2: week? What's something we might have missed? Well, you may have missed it, you may not have. One thing's for sure, even if you did see it happen, you probably don't know much about this dude. Juventus have made quite a big January signing. He's literally quite a big lad and it is quite a big fee. 35 million euros rising to 44 million with bonuses for Dejan Kulusevski, 19-year-old Swedish. I'm going to call him forward, but I don't necessarily know that he is because, well, he is one of the weirdest players I've seen in some time. They've signed him from He's on loan, he's on loan at Parma. He yeah. was at Atalanta. At- 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 He's on loan at Parma. They sent him back to Parma or they've continued that loan for the end of the season. So you won't see Kuliseski in Juve colours until at least the summer. So he's going to stay where he is. The reason they've, they've left him there is because, one, they don't really need another forward at this point. He's 19, he's got some learning to do. Secondly, he's been excellent for Parma. Four goals and seven assists over the first half of the season. He's been superb in one of one of the nice stories of Serie A, which is Parma in the top half of the table. Yeah, doing really well. And thirdly, I reckon even Juve don't even know how they're going to use him yet, because he's a six foot one winger, left footed. I like kind of looks like this is going to sound really bad. Look, like he looks like how I think I would look if I was put into a, a top level Serie A side and put on the wing, just like big, clumsy. Hmm. Not always quite in control of things, but he is undeniably an effective player, which is where I would fall down. Yes, because he wraps his foot, his left foot, around the shot superbly. He bustles and he harries and he shuffles forward in this really kind of strange way because he's got his big frame. Yeah. But everything he does, like it, kind of
0: comes off. I was going to say he's, he's really unorthodox. He's really unorthodox. But he sort of bumbles through challenge. And I've, <laughs> I remember watching players like this before, and like you know when you should be like you can't be that good. You just continually bumble through and it yeah. just always seems to rebound to you. But when you do that over the course of genuinely half a season in a top level, you've got to, at some point, you've got to be like, well, you're doing something, right? Yeah, for like, sure. it's not just luck and you, it doesn't happen this, like and, and, and at this level.
2: And other examples of it as well. I remember Moyes Keane was, was a lot like this at youth level when he was back at Juventus two or three years ago when he was emerging in the youth league. He, he, he was similar. Tammy he to of, a level. Just kind of bumbled through things, but it always came off for him. And at a certain point, you don't think it's luck anymore. So... As like a proper player comparison, Kulisevsky looks like Andrew Yarmolenko. Oversized winger, cuts in on his left foot, strikes a mean ball and can deputise up front. Doesn't look like the right build for a winger, but somehow pulls it off. I wonder if Kulisevsky does actually end up as a centre forward. He actually played there in this match week for Palmer. He played in the middle of a three. I think maybe long term he ends up as a striker. But there's a lot to happen here in terms of how he develops and what kind of a player he develops into. Because for me, it's a giant question mark. But the key factor is he's been really good. And Juve have spotted something in him that, that that they think... He can he can be very, very effective for us. And I don't blame them because you look at it and you, he does things. Yeah. You can't work out exactly how it happens, but he does things.
0: Top of my love letters this week, as I'm going to call this section, was the FA Cup. But especially Monday night's clash between Arsenal and Leeds United. Because in Mikel Arteta and Marcelo Bielsa, we had Pep's apprentice playing Pep's mentor, mm. which was Cool. I can't believe you in didn't so go. Many like, In so many ways, it was cool. It have yeah. been a neutral I, I section gone. just for you. <laughs> now, I know, I would have just had a great time. And it's like a Bielsa Ultra section yeah. in the corner. Um, it's one of the first times I think we've ever seen a second-generation disciple playing their godfather kind of figure, if if you will. And, and so for those of you that don't know much about Bielsa, the man's a genius, absolute nutter, but a genius nonetheless. Pep, a lovely dude as well. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. Pep called him the best coach in the world and frequently goes to him for opinions, advice. Uh, among his first generation of disciples are Mauricio Pochettino, Diego Simeone, George Sampali, Tata Martino. He's a big deal. And if you don't know much about Bielsa, I would urge you to go and read about his incredible journeys in football from Chile and Argentina on a national level to athletic club where he oversaw a, a revolution in, in many ways yep. and Marseille where he had quite a lot of fun there's also been some some weirder stories Lille where things went yeah. sour very quickly and Lazio where he lasted two days before <laughs> leaving he was like no he's now at Leeds where he has been the figurehead of of their revolution in in, yep. in many ways but I think what I loved yesterday was just how the narrative developed Leeds battered Arsenal for the first half they were all over them and it was Pure Bielsa running hard, executing the wings. Uh, They put Socrates at right back. And he was annihilated in 45 was, yeah. minutes. By Alioski. By Alioski, who hasn't been playing there for Leeds. He's been playing further back, but Bielsa's obviously seen what's going on, thought he could exploit the, the pace mm. on the wings, and it worked. And I thought, I was like, Arteta's getting an absolute schooling here. This is really bad. They don't look cohesive at all. But he got them in, realigned his team at half time, and then Arsenal was so much better in the second half. It was a real kind of sense of learning. Yeah. And I think that's what you know, really appealed to me. It felt like Arteta looked at their first half and was like, right, okay, I need to do this, 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 this and this and it will sort things out. Look, the second half wasn't all Arsenal by any means of the imagination. But it was a lot of Arsenal. But Arsenal were very much on top and I think it was just something you love to see that kind of, I will react to this and that's what you want from a manager, right? You want them to learn in-game as much as out of game and, and, and really start to react to things. And... Look, I mean, I'm all in on the Arteta experiment. I'm all in. Did you hear his comments after the game, Arteta's, about his players? Going to the dentist. No, no,
2: no, not that one. (laughs) That was was a good one. The other one, straight after the game, they did the post-match interview. And they were like, well, it was all Leeds in the first half. And he was like, yeah, the players didn't listen to me. (laughs) He's just basically what he's like. I watched loads of Leeds games. I watched loads of video. I knew exactly how they play. I told my players how they would play. And after 35 minutes, we'd won one duel. <laughs> yeah. Is basically what he said. And he was like, because basically they'd, they'd spoken to the players before and they told the reporter that Arteta had screamed at them. Yeah, you know? that, that was like, he just shouted at us. He lot. just shouted at us. <laughs> like, and, and so they, they spoke to Arteta. Oh, I heard you shout at the players. He was like, they didn't listen to me. <laughs> so I shouted at them again. And in the second half, they listened to me and we won the game.
1: Oh my God, Arsenal fans must be so happy to have someone like this in charge of their team now, like actually spots... Yeah
0: what's wrong and then fixes it as well without necessarily also, adapting the system and yeah. i think we talked about this with emery right he, he didn't just go da five at the back yeah <laughs> he, he stated the system was like no the system is right just do what i'm telling yeah, you yeah. and things will get better and uh, yeah it was just like good to see I, I like i like this a lot i think arteta is going to be a very very good appointment and it's not just the whole you we know, you spoke about in your article on Bleach Report the other day. It's not just the whole "oh he learned under Pep" thing. That's obviously a positive in his camp, but you can't suggest that that's going to espouse into something immediately yeah. every time. But if you look at what happened with you know Tito Nova and all of those things, the, the difference between the way that they played and how they expanded on the Pep method under new coaches is is something that's good. And you know Arteta was a brilliant reader of the game when he was playing it, so you'd expect that mm. to carry on further down the line and and I just think it's a good appointment for Arsenal I'm really, do, really on board why do I get the feeling that he could lace up his boots and improve the first 11 oh 100% amazing yeah must be so annoying for him sometimes after the break we're going to talk predictions Sam I know you're excited and I know that you love predictions Rank Squad so if you're like me and you can't wait Sam make a fool of himself again you don't, don't go not. anywhere <laughs> Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where it is time to throw things forward for 2020. Sam Tye, over to you. How did your predictions go last time, by the way? I've actually got the five that I made at I'll the have start it of the what season. What were 2019? Was it the 2019 predictions or the 20... No, the, the, the start of the season, season. We already
2: yeah. re, We already wrapped up yeah. the, the 2019 ones. I got
0: I did sparingly.
2: This year, we can do a half, halfway check-in. Okay, I'm nice. doing just as badly. Um, Leon to do an Ajax. They've made the round of sixteen, but with no Depay against Juve, that one's that one's over. You can put a fork in that one. They're not they had, they're not making that. No, they, not, they've got a ten percent chance. No, of but I think
0: I think it's unfair to completely write off your prediction because it was quite a good one. But they've yeah. lost their best player. I like. think
2: they're signing uh, Mariano back. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, that'll change everything. <laughs> it's on. Um, Arsenal to make the top four. They're nine points off. Arteta's got on going. Arteta's got on going. Like you know? this, I mean, no one wants four. Three weeks ago, that looked awful and now I'm starting to think yeah,
0: still would be. I still would be surprised, but I don't think it's the worst prediction.
2: Me too, world. because of the presence of Leicester and the fact that Chelsea are probably going to finish fourth. But it's not out of the question. But mm-hmm. that one looks bleak. Um, Athletic go Madrid to win a trophy. Obviously, that one really starts in 2020, doesn't it? They've got the Super Copper coming up um, tomorrow. I think it is on Thursday. I, I mean, still quite in, like this as a prediction. They're in the semi final. I think they
0: need to get something right, but I don't think they're a million miles off from being quite a useful no. cup team. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's that's to be determined. Uh, Dortmund to win the Bundesliga. We spoke about that uh, not oh, so sweet. long ago. They're a little bit off the pace, but they've signed Haaland. The sub prediction there was Sancho on twenty goals, twenty assists. He's on nine, nine, and, nine. and nine. Yeah, um, and then Lukaku top scorer. He's five behind record blazing Chiro Immobile, but Lukaku has fourteen goals and he already. Is second, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he is uh, second. Uh, that's a decent prediction. Yeah, I think he's all right. They're though. doing all. They're, yeah, he's he's not going to win the Capacanieri. It doesn't at this seem, rate. But... It doesn't seem like it. Not at this rate. Um, but you never know. Lukaku was at a fantastic
0: season. One five yeah, goal haul, mate, and it yeah. all changes.
2: Well, there you go, there you go. Yeah, you deep. should
0: bring up Robin Lewandowski and ask for some tips. <laughs> you know.
2: Well, Lukaku morphed into prime Ronaldo. He was um, really good, on Monday he? for for a spell. So it was a bit more of that. We're in the business, right? So, what are your predictions for twenty twenty? Okay, let's go. Um, first one, or in at number five, uh, is the. We've just spoken about this a little bit but is this in descending order of most likely? This one isn't. No. It's just, just it's just like five predictions how much five. how much I like them. Yeah, okay. Um, so in at five Gabriel Martinelli becomes a key player for Arsenal over the course of the year. Now, by key I, player, what does that mean? By he'll be like a member of the starting 11. Okay. And I'm excited about a lot to do with Arsenal and Arteta, but Martinelli is the player, really, of all of their young players on the fringes, like Reese Nelson, like Smith-Rowe, like Willock, all those guys. He's the one I'm most excited about. There's something about Martinelli that I absolutely adore. and I think it's because he feels like, it's fitting that he's Brazilian as well, but he feels like the forward version of Marcelo, in that when he gets the ball think chaos just starts to happen and ensue yeah put the ball at his feet he's got really nice footwork can shift it from side to side he can take a man on and, and create some space he seems to be able to cross and finish and head the ball yeah, he does a, it all. it's it's remarkable for a player who has just moved continents at 18 how good he is and how well he has settled yeah and i think looking at this 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 Arsenal system moving forward. At the moment, you've obviously got the big four that play together for the first time against Manchester United. That's Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe and Ozil. I think one of those players eventually budges out of the eleven. I used to think it would be Aubameyang and now I think it's going to be Lacazette. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned about Lacazette's... Um, how should we put this? He holds onto the ball for absolutely ages and ruins loads of attacks. He's, he's really good. I'm a huge fan of his. But
0: recently, he's, he's slowed everything down. He has looked a bit... Off the pace in, in recent weeks. It's one of those ones because at the start of the season, his link-up play was so good. But, he,
2: but that's that's the kind of player he is. He is excellent. Yeah. But I don't know what's going on with him right now. And yeah. one, the one complaint that Arsenal fans have always had with him, and it, it's really it's really starting to show now because of the high intensity of Arteta's style of play, is that his fitness levels are not good. Yeah, he's quite languid. He gets to 75 minutes and he's, he's on his haunches and he's absolutely knackered. And that concerns me. So one of those four is going to have to go at some point if Martinelli makes it into this side. And I think I used to think it would be Aubameyang. I now think it's going to be Lacazette. What I'm sure of is that in a year's time, Martinelli will be a major player for Arsenal. He's a major, major talent. He's the most promising they have in their ranks. And I'm so excited to see how this one plays out.
0: I think he's absolutely amazing. could Martinelli play wide do you do you think yes, he has absolutely do you think he'd be better out there I at think, this point
2: i think i don't know exactly which position he profiles for best but i would i would be happy to see him as the center forward in place of lacazette or on the left with abameyang up front yeah. i think either works because abameyang on the left i have had problems with for, for a long time but because of arteta's system and the way the left back basically holds the width a la Benjamin Mendy for Pep Guardiola and the left forward basically ducks inside all the time and becomes a narrow striker like Sadio Mane. That suits Aubameyang. He's driving into the box from an angle onto his right foot. There's no He's okay, re- There's no reason for that to not to be a thing carrying forward, which means that Martinelli could play out front. You could also swap them and I think it would be equally good because as I mentioned, Martinelli,
0: he's a good crosser of the ball. Yeah, he he makes good well, decisions. Scored. There's a couple of goals they've scored off the back of Martinelli. Well, of the, one they saw the last delight. last
2: goal against Southampton to save a point was Martinelli in the 95th minute teasing one over. But Martinelli, by the end of this year, major, major player for Arsenal. Okay. I'm so for? excited about him. In at four... Is Leeds United will get promoted to the Premier League? Ooh. and this double mention for Leeds this week. This yeah. is this feels risky because predicting Leeds to do to achieve their goals is, is generally a bit of a foolish thing to do, isn't it? I mean, they are top of the league. They are top, they were top, they of, the were top, top of the league last year. year. <laughs> I mean, there was, there's a screenshot somewhere of, of basically the table at Christ, the Championship table at Christmas last year, and Leeds were top with Norwich in and around, and Aston Villa were in thirteenth. And Aston Villa went up and Leeds did not. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the collapse was incredible. And it felt really in keeping with Leeds United as a football club There's over the last 20 years. Leeds are, Leeds falling, are falling apart. apart. I mean, it's become, yeah, it's become one of those things. And look, I guess lots of listeners probably won't know the background on Leeds. And uh, I'm almost tempted to throw it to Dean uh, to, to, to kind of explain like the Champions League era that was what, 20... Which, what Leeds were.
1: Leeds are one ago, of the major Leeds forces in English football. Pub. Yeah, I mean, when they were in that Champions League run and they got to the semi-finals... Which year was this? Two
0: thousand one. Uh,
1: basically got to the Champions League semi-final against Valencia and it was 2000-2001, yeah. It was looking... You you thought they were going to do it, so they played... The, the first leg was at home, they drew nil nil. They lost the second leg 3-0 at Valencia. At the time, honestly, Leeds... They were on the up and up, and they had such a good team. They had Robbie Keane, they had Johnny Woodgate, Rio Ferdinand, uh, they had Lee Bowyer, they, they had, had Harry Kewell, no, they had Rio. And I mean, the team all fell apart in the end, uh, in typical Leeds fashion after this. And they, you know, they had a sad demise. Well, they've He's been run, Leeds. they've been
2: run very poorly as a club yeah. for
0: the last twenty years. They spent, but their time... support base is unreal. Well, they're a one-city club. They really yeah. are. And yeah. so there's a massive, massive support base. Leeds is a huge. Ellen Road's an unbelievable place. It's a really cool place. I
2: remember. Hearing 8,000 away fans to Arsenal on Monday night. On a Monday night, 8,000 fans remained Sunderland the melon of the decade and and implored you to watch Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. There's an all or nothing on Amazon Prime about Leeds's crazy season last season when they should have been promoted but they weren't.
0: Also they, worth a watch.
2: It was, it's, I mean, like just, just a very briefly cap off what happened last year. Obviously, Marcelo Bielsa in charge, what Jack was talking about earlier. They played the best football in the division. Everything looked like it was going to happen. And then things just started to go wrong in the way that it does for Leeds. I mean, they literally conceded a goal on purpose because their manager forced them to. They had Dan James, now of Man United, in a Leeds shirt doing a photo shoot only to not sign him somehow on deadline day. They got fined for spying on Frank Lampard's Derby County then they met also them and then gave the greatest
0: presentation of all time yeah, as a response. Yeah, invited
2: all the press round just to look at all of his spreadsheets on all, the play- on
0: all of the teams. It was amazing. I think my favourite stat about Leeds last year is that Wigan won one away game in the year 2019 and they had 10 men and beat top of the table Leeds. And,
2: it, and <laughs> it was like with three games to go yeah. at the end of the season yeah. when Leeds, if they'd have won it, they probably would have finished second. Yeah, But they dropped into the playoffs and then they lost to Frank Lampard's Derby County in a ridiculous collapse. I just think they've run out of ways to shoot themselves in the foot. So here they come, and for those of you that, that 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 watch the Premier League and don't really haven't been inducted into the cult of leisure, you are in for something. It's Ellen be Road, a, it's incredible be stadium, amazing team, as you say, a, a one city club. This is the year. This is happening. Get ready okay. for it. What's in at three? Uh, Kylian Mbappe scores the most calendar goals this year. Oh, this is a good prediction. This is yeah, fun. That's quite nice for club and country. So I tallied up so the, basically the top scorers from from 2019 to take a look at where Mbappe mm-hmm. basically finished. And 54 goals Lewandowski, 50 goals Messi, club country, all competitions, 43 Mbappe. So he's seven off Messi, 11 off Lewandowski. I think this is the year, I think we're ready to see Mbappe like fully take over. He's been threatening to do it for a little bit, for a little while now. He's obviously already won quite a lot of trophies. He's won a World Cup. He's established as a world star, but big stages he hasn't necessarily shown up on. Some of the, and and he hasn't necessarily been able to show his best on the biggest nights because PSG haven't been involved. Part of that's because of him, part of that's because of other things. But I think 2020 is a different year for PSG, and I think it's a different year for Mbappe as a result. He's also got the Euros, obviously, with France. Yeah. This guy will score a hat trick against you if he feels like it. We're actually at that point. I think 2020 is his year. And I don't expect Lewandowski to hit 54 again. He is an absolute machine. And I'm not saying I don't expect it because he's, you know, 30 plus, because he keeps himself in the most impeccable condition. Mm. I don't think Lewandowski starts to decline at this point. But I think Mbappe takes such a big step forward, injury
0: permitting, obviously, with all of these things. Lewandowski won't score 54 again because he won't have European qualifiers to do so in. Yeah, no, I, that's the that's although the I don't think
2: he... How many he, I think I remember. I think he scored five for Poland last year, so it wasn't actually that many—only mm-hmm. five. But five, look, that puts him down onto forty-nine, and then you're in range or whatever. So, what if
1: he leaves PSG and ends up at Real Madrid and has the second half of the season? Does he score more goals at Real Madrid, or does that? I think he scores less, that, but it's, that's an interesting. He, caveat. Scored, he That's he what could scores, change it. He
2: may score fewer
1: um, because it might take a little. That might take the edge off a little bit because he'd take time to adapt a little you would imagine maybe if I mean, it happens which he is would be pretty le- likely he would be
2: a legitimate Galactico I don't, how, how, no he would be yeah 100% how much um, how much adaption does a truly like one of the world's best number nines need in a team that's so good I don't, I don't well, know it depends, it depends where he plays depends where he plays I mean Nine.
1: Hazard's playing great for Madrid but he doesn't score yeah, any Hazard goals or assist many either that's
2: been the complaint against
0: Hazard for a long long time yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think the, we're straying slightly from the point. I, I think it would caveat the if he does move to Madrid. Yeah. But if even if he doesn't, you'd imagine he'd have thirty five in the bank by by the time the summer comes. You know, reckon thirty five goals by the time yeah the euros the are open. euros Sorry. are done. I reckon yeah, yeah. thirty five in the bank. Then he'd only need fifteen <laughs> in all comps.
2: Yeah. It also depends what Messi does. Oh of course, of course. That's the that's the that's, I mean, the, it's the, uns- that's the, ma- the main factor. opposition. You just wonder um, with Messi, now obviously I don't want to use the age argument against Lewandowski, but with Messi, like clearly you do need to factor that in because Barcelona are in their team selections. Yeah. And he doesn't often get to play Osasuna at home anymore, particularly yeah. if it's just after or just before a Champions League game. He's yeah, got yeah. two
1: hat tricks in the last two months. Like I mean, it's, it's M- a, M- a M- month. Mbappe, I mean did you see did you see
2: what it. Mbappe did in December? He yeah, I did see yeah. ripped No Hat League apart. He got <laughs> seven or eight <laughs> no, he goals a, He's got in all, all but one game. Yeah. yeah. So, it, look, this is the level we're talking. I think this is a good one. I, think I like M- this prediction. I think Mbappe... Uh, I I'm don't team, like many of your predictions, but thank, I like this. Thank you. I'm Team Killian for 2020. No, that's cool. I'm into it. Right, two. Kaladu Koulibaly leaves Napoli. This is going to happen.
0: <laughs> I'm going to just stop you there and throw it to transfer. <laughs> expert Dean <Jones>. Are you...
2: <laughs> do you want this to happen? Is it... I mean, I, I must admit, I do want it to happen. Um... I think it will happen, hence doing hence putting this I think this is this is the year that it actually feels like it can happen. Yeah. Like it's never really felt reasonable before this point until the owner decided
0: he hates all of his players and the entire club fell apart. Is it mad that well it is mad, but it's insane how Napoli have gone from playing the best football potentially in the world mm. <laughs> that, two years ago oh, under man. Maurizio sorry, to what they produced yesterday against Inter, which was nothing short of, yeah. you know, attritional and, yeah. and and quite grim. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is really rubbish. Like, not they scored. Obviously, they weren't that bad. Inter were good, and it wasn't a, it wasn't trying to take away from how good Inter Milan were against Napoli. But they were just so boring. They Napoli. don't have a personality anymore. They no, don't, they don't. They don't play with any somebody anything get, that you can somebody really get Fabian Ruiz out of there.
2: Yeah. Somebody get. Sure. Up, I, mean, know, I mean there. I mean I I think Koulibaly won't be the only top tier player that leaves Napoli this year I don't think. Um yeah. but Kudibali, we've talked yeah. about him before but I think he's one of one of the, probably the top 5 center backs in the world. Uh he's not perfect. Um no one's perfect. I thought Van Dijk was and then I watched him dribble out of his own area against Wolves get dispossessed and concede a clear cut one on one and I thought Oh, you are human. Yeah. All centre backs. Because he wasn't wearing any
0: fashion. Aftershave. shave. <laughs> Have you seen he's got a new aftershave <laughs> yeah. line? That is our doing. <laughs> really? we've, a, we've made a thing happen. We don't get any money for that. No. It is
1: a shame. Unbelievable. Get low. But
2: no, I think you're onto something. I think he'll go. In some look, this year he's twenty eight. This he is currently twenty eight and he'll turn twenty nine in June. Um this is pro this is prime age. And he, yeah. ha- he has everything. Like, he's a dominant 1v1 defender. He has the size and the speed and the strength. He's brilliant on the ball. Obviously played those years for Maurizio Sarri where he was a building block from the back. He can evade pressure, run upfield with it. Like, he can do everything. He yeah. is one of the world's best. Uh, when you're starting to look at cost, I'd start the bidding at 60 and, end up, and probably think it would end up at more like 80, maybe 90. And that rules out most teams, but Man City... PSG. Well, that
0: would be the obvious. Yeah. Right now, uh, City have said they're not going to sign anyone in January. Is that is that a a false dawn, or is that Um, what they think? I think that
1: City are very cautious about spending big sums of money. Um, Spoken before about how you know their transfer their record fee is sixty two million pound, which isn't that much considering how much money they've spent overall so if I only spent that on one player is actually not too bad thing is they've spent like that on about 12 they spent players. it in every position so yeah. that's why it seems ridiculous <laughs> um but Koulibaly is somebody that they've considered for the last year and I think have been weighing up whether to spend that kind of money on somebody of that age because sell-on factor is such a big thing but I think with Man City there's the situation to deal with that they are just desperate for somebody that can defend and actually be relied upon. And they see what Liverpool have got in Van Dyke and think, OK, we need one of those. Mm. We, we can't cope without a Vincent company like player that we can just put out there and know what we're getting week in, week out. So, yeah, 100% City have been looking at it. I think they're looking at a lot of options right now. Um, but also, I think Chelsea would
2: definitely get a look at Koulibaly if they thought that he was available. Here's one for you. Do you think, like, I don't know what the, the purse strings are like ever at this club, but Arsenal?
0: Well, I think, like we said, they're still paying off the Pepe fee in yeah. in 15p instalments. And Arsenal's <laughs> so.
1: big problem as well is is the wage bill. So it depends who they can get rid of. Like, the, the big factor in, in signing anyone is what what they can clear off. So right. they need to clear Ozil off of, off of the pay structure really, because he's on 350 grand a week. But if Arteta thinks he can build around him, then fine. But if he can't, then... They need to find a buyer at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, right. well, I don't know where he goes, but I think he goes. I think you he, he
0: goes this window, Dean. No, not this window. I'll get no, yeah, the this summer. Summer. Okay. Well, then leaves number one, numero uno. Right. What is your prediction, Sam? Well, by process of el- elimination, I've arrived at the conclusion that Liverpool are going
2: to retain the Champions League. I thought you were going to say win the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think Liverpool retain the, the double? Champions League. I mean, I think like obviously, if I wanted to get, all... that's the prediction. Then Liverpool will do the double. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they'll do the. Du- I think they'll do the double. Maybe um, the treble. Maybe not the treble. I mean, the FA Cup. They. I mean, at this point, they could fill the under sixes and they would win the derby. But um, <laughs> they did. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they basically did. Um, I don't know how seriously they're going to take that FA Cup. Maybe if the kids get them to round six, then they turn their attention to it. Because at that point, they might be twenty-five points clear in the league, and you never know yeah. exactly how these well, priorities start to draw. Yeah, that you don't know how these priorities shift. But they'll. Okay, fine. The prediction is that they will do the double. I think. Um, Predicting the Champions League winner at this stage of the competition. You know I hate doing it. Yeah, I need it. Um, because it's a very dicey game. But I looked at basically all of their contenders for this crown and went through one by one. Barcelona are still really struggling to piece things together under Valverde. And when Messi doesn't do something, then they do tend to struggle. They're still so reliant on him, even though they added Griezmann. Juve, I've literally sat there on Monday and watched them batter Calgary 4-0. Uh, I still haven't come round to them. Still, still, truly have not come round to them. Can't put my faith in them. I Man City, that was a
0: good performance. Man, from you there this week. It was it very, was, very. It pressed. was.
2: It was comprehensive. It was. Um, side, as we discussed. But of course, in December they lost twice to Lazio. So you always have to weigh that up, and you think, well, oh, hang on a minute, what's going on?" And one of those is, of course, in a in a cup final, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Man City's injuries just make them a huge question mark. PSG feels different, but they have a question hanging over their heads that you can't answer until they've actually played the knockout stage games. Like, it's a mentality thing. And you can't say either way until it happens. You mm. can't predict
0: what they're going to do. I like think Haaland's they- going to deal with PSG anyway. He's just going to be like, see ya. <laughs> well, That's going to be that.
2: Um, and then, so that Liverpool, I feel like nothing really goes against them. I feel like they play a different sport sometimes. They're just like, no, no, yeah, we're going to win this game. Yeah, we'll win this game. They don't struggle with anything. They're so good. They just don't, they're just in complete control of their own destiny on a football pitch, in the way that no other team is. It's so weird, and I do feel like it's kind of like they play a different sports, slightly to, to everybody else. And I was watching Wild Card Weekend at the weekend in the NFL. Obviously, they didn't play, but I just it struck it struck me that the Baltimore Ravens they play a different sport to everybody else in the NFL, in the NFL because of their, their their quarterback Lamar Jackson and their read option. They've they've literally ripped a playbook apart and created a new one that we haven't seen before. And it kind of feels like Liverpool have done the same thing. Like, yeah. they, don't, they don't apply to the normal rules. Mm. They play a different game. And they've got, they're going to have the league sewed up. No problem at all. They've already opted out of one cup. They couldn't be bothered with that. They knew that you know, they don't need to win a Carabao Cup to be successful. Fair enough. They'll keep playing the kids in the FA Cup. It's maybe. true. The last two months they could have clear. Like to every, focus on it. Everybody at Barca... Will be fighting Real Madrid and maybe Atletico if things improve yeah. for La Liga. Juve are going to be in it with Inter Milan the entire way through that Serie A chase. Come March, Liverpool will have nothing to worry about. Yeah, is that is that potentially an issue? You know, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't no. buy into that. It's like what people always say about PSG, isn't it? And it's well,
0: it has been a fact for PSG, has it
1: not? I don't. I, I don't know. I, if don't, that's I don't know necessarily if I see a difference between the two. I think that there's a difference between the type of opposition you're up against week in, week out not being of a certain standard, different to okay, we've already won the league, now we can focus on a different competition. Yeah, okay. mm. Um and I think Liverpool have got really good strength in depth now. I think that
2: there's I, Except for fullback.
1: Yeah, I mean but then they just play James Milner there and he seems He's injured now too. He Yeah, that's the problem. When you get <laughs> only a bit injured. When your backups are getting injured if James Milner's injured they are going to win nothing. Um <laughs> I'd All say, right, scrap that, the prediction. Yeah. The big question I get is if Van Dyke, as everyone says, if Van Dyke misses a couple of months, then what happens? Like, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Like, that's probably the one player you really can't go without. But
2: every I sure, can't base things on that. You can't base things like that. And he, there's no reason to suggest he will get in. I him. can't say that Koulibaly won't leave Napoli in case he dis- yeah, does Yeah, his exactly. knee. I can't say that Mbappe won't score the most goals in he case he gets a next injury. Week, yeah. It's like so, it's, yeah, it's not how it works. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's plausible. It's, um, for sure.
0: it's a big prediction, but it's one that, that makes quite a lot of sense at I, this yeah. point. I'd, I think that's I'd, key.
2: I'd like to end this on a on a on a note and just to say like or just to just to reiterate, kind of because I feel like we've kind of lost sight of this, how impressive it, it is to retain the Champions League. Like yeah, o- over the last decade, we've been completely spoilt by Real Madrid's ridiculous run like frankly ridiculous and incredible work well this mm-hmm. is why you got battered for your teams
1: of the decade wasn't it because you put real madrid low because people like but they won it so many years in a row yeah well i just took like, the
2: i just took the one iteration 16, yeah but people 17. didn't see it that, well, way, people, did that yeah and i get that but you only had to look at the other nine to realize what was happening and the bit at the top where it says 2016 17 but anyway real madrid winning the champions league over and over again has has kind of desensitized us to the to the fact that it is a remarkable achievement to, to retain the Champions League before Real Madrid were doing it it hadn't been done for ages it was every year it, was, it felt like a new winner it
0: was it'd never been done in the Champions League
2: era yeah it was like back in the 50s with Real Madrid and Benfica when they wasn't it or five, or Real Madrid Real,
0: won it five times like 40, 40 or 50 years previous yeah. an
2: incredible achievement if they manage it but I just felt like we may have lost
0: sight of that a little bit over the last decade absolutely absolutely right let's move things on after the break we are going to have the roulette wheel melon of the week and of course Sam's nonsense rankings don't go anywhere Welcome back, Rank Squad. It is time for all sorts of fun, but let's start that fun off with Dean Jones' Melon of the Week. It's time for Melon of the Week. Happy New Year. year, First of the year. First melon of the decade coming up. This year's first
1: melon of the week is Jose Mourinho. Ah. Yay, what a way to start. The mask has slipped He's back to his usual self. He's angry again. Yeah. What a disguise. He really had us tricked for a minute, didn't he? So in the last week, not only has he lost to Southampton, drawn at Middlesbrough in the FA Cup and almost been knocked out of that in the third round, that actually doesn't even touch the surface to his behaviour generally, is it? Been moaning about the lack of depth in his squad, even
2: though Daniel Levy said he changed in an interview he did. Also, it wasn't like one of the main reasons he it was reported to him get the job but he's like adamant that like there was not really much work yeah, he was, was to write to was like, yeah great me. one now oh, no, no, moaning I'll about, about that places.
1: moaning about players not putting their bodies on the line and keeps having to dig it and Dombley saying he's always injured yeah, the Indomitable thing is like a real bad one. Does this every away, time? It? Finds a player, picks on him. Yeah. Does it every time because it it covers up his own mistake. Stupid one here is that he's picked arguably the second most talented player in the <laughs> squad to pick on. And also, if you're going to pick on a player for getting injured, pick on Harry Kane. Like he's like not. He keeps just getting silly injuries. Anyway, uh, next one: spied on Southampton's goalkeeper coach, then called him an idiot. <laughs> That was great. He got booked <laughs> for this, didn't he? he that was up. amazing. Like literally goes over to a technical area and he's peering at his notes as he's writing. Then He stood in an
2: over him. A... Looking at his notes. Gets
1: booked. It was quite funny. It was funny, it but it's it Mourinho, isn't it? And he moaned about the bull boys being time wasters.
0: <laughs> And moaned about the ball. <laughs> he was like the, the ball. It's like a beach ball. It's too light. we
2: are like, well. Yeah, he said, it's, it's not an excuse, but here's yeah. my
0: excuse. Yeah, yeah. He, moaned, he moaned about VAR,
1: said you need to change that. It's just VR because yeah, it's like, a video ref now. It's not even an assistant ref. They are refing the game. He's
2: had a hell of a week. And he's really a week. complained and a lot. we, we just got
1: proper Mourinho back now you look at him on the bench he's got the bags back under his eyes he's back to looking 50 60 years old again where he looked a bit fresher when he first came back into Tottenham Tottenham fans already getting sick of him probably remember when we said months ago now like careful what you wish for once Pochettino's gone yeah yeah yeah. well this is what you wished for and this is
0: what you've got you've got a melon you got a melon (laughs) Potagino was never melon. No. Was never got Never this. a melon. No matter what happened. Yeah, even after the 7 2. You know, there you go. Well done, Jason Mourinho. Your melon is in the post. <laughs> uh, and next we have a wheel to spin. Numero uno. Nice. Number one. Nice. Uh, This is from Twitter. We've got a lot of questions today from Instagram, Twitter. So congratulations if your one gets picked by the wheel. And And if thank you for sending them in. Yeah, if yours doesn't, sorry. And thank you for sending it in and please send it in again next time. And we'll we'll do our best to answer them. So the first one's from Jared on Twitter. He says, is Soyuncu a better centre-back than Maguire? Or is he just having a better season in a better side? Sam, I'm going to go to you first. Go to Dean first. I don't know. That is such a good question. It's a really good question because
2: because yeah. is literally slabhead too, isn't he? Yeah, Maguire was slabhead. Then Soyuncu's been named by his teammates as slabhead too. Slabhead V two, and that's because they're quite similar. Like I think I think they're about on par. To be honest with you, um, Soyuncu has does these little flicks and and sort of plays with the ball in reasonably dangerous areas, but gets away with it. And obviously does the basics right. Like he's rock hard, very good in the air, very good at, at, at the staples of defend, defending. You can say all of that about Maguire, mm. and now he had a shocker against Arsenal. Yeah, it was really like, bad. That was horrendous, but that doesn't represent his season. I don't think. Um, I think he started off really, really well. And Man United's defense is probably the only part of their team that has functioned with any consistency this season. Defensively, they've been fine. Maguire is a huge part of that. I think they're about level. I think this is about how the team functions around the defenders, and I think Leicester are better. So Soyuncu looks better. But I think if you swapped them, they'd have similar fortunes.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right.
1: Dave? Yeah, I think I just look at it as like, which one of those players would I want in my team? So that was a different team. So that was Tottenham and I was to sign one of those players. I think I'd take Soyuncu. to be honest.
2: Just- Is that just because of the price and the age
1: or...? No, I just think from what I've yeah. I've, if they were both free, yeah. Which one would you take? If they were both available, uh, like a starter Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> I'll say you're starting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're supposed to be cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, you start a new football club. You've got to pick a centre back. You can have one of those two. I'm going to take Sony.
0: I'd probably take Maguire to be fair in that scenario, but again, yeah, very I think I take Maguire. I think look, we we said that his game against Arsenal was 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 bad, and it was it, it was really quite poor. But on the whole, like, Man United's defence has been the only part of their season that seems to have worked yeah, yeah. in terms of wan has been quite good. Yeah. You know, the left-backs are continuing. I just think Maguire's through. been like, progressively worse through the season. Yeah, but like. do you just think that's just Man United? they just don't seem to have any the problem with United is that it, a bit similar to what we said about Arsenal a couple of weeks back is there's just no real consistency in their midfield no. which means that the defence gets continually exposed and I think they've actually done okay given how exposed that back four has been time and time again Lindelof had an okay season you yeah. know, without being spectacular and we saw at the World Cup last oh. year he's actually quite a good footballer yeah he's decent um, yeah so, so that's it. I, I think with a proper defensive midfielder in front of them, Man United. And a structure. And a structure. Off the ball Man United start to look better. And I, I still think Maguire's probably a better player right now on Soyon although I agree that there's not much in it. No, there's whatsoever. not much, no. All right, let's spin it again. This one's from Instagram. It's from Adam El Hanawi. He says, Who is the most disrespected Premier League player? Dave, Raz. to you first. Raz. Razza? Yeah.
1: By Everybody
0: who? Raz? Media. You lot.
1: I don't. <laughs> do like- I said Raheem Stanley's <laughs> the best player in the world. Absolutely adoring. <laughs> okay. Um, people in the newspaper headline writers, don't they? They disrespect him. They do. They, 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 they mean They disrespect
2: him. him less often now than they used to. Yeah, that's
1: because of the whole Twitter, like the fact that Twitter grabs hold of all their headlines and makes sure that everyone sees what they're writing about him. Like, mm. if that didn't happen, they'd probably still be doing it. Probably. Also, all the things they've gone into in his personal life and picked up on because he buys something expensive. Like,. He's yeah. not allowed to do that. I think in his history... Also, when he does something cheap, like when he takes an EasyJet flight. Yeah. yeah, they were like, cheap Sterling only goes on Ely- EasyJet. Yeah. No, what? yeah. <laughs> Liverpool fans, they're not very nice to him. People still call him a
0: diver. He's not, he's just clever. Mm. Give yeah. Raz some respect. Yeah, like Raz does get a lot of heat. And I think histor- if you were looking at this historically, as in who has got the most disrespect, the answer is probably Raheem Sterling. But I'm not sure that right now yeah. is the most... So, no, I, so, so the I went way.
2: with right now, and I actually went with Paul Pogba. Yeah, okay. fan treatment or social media pulse on a player rather than headline writers. Both fair ways to do it, obviously. But I think Pogba takes a hell of a lot of unnecessary flack, mostly from other fan bases, to be honest. Um, I understand part of it because he obviously doesn't play as well for Man United as he does for France, and I do think to a point Manchester United fans kind of almost pretend that he does play as well for Man United as he does for France sometimes. And yeah. they, But they're protecting him because he's one of theirs, and that's what you do with your players—you you bite back against others. But I do genuinely think that like every single one of the other nineteen fan bases thinks Pogba is about twenty-five percent worse than he actually is. Mm. And I don't really get it at all. I think some of it is a, maybe some of his character and his personality, the fact that it shines through. They hate it or something like that. But I think right now Pogba takes more heat than Sterling.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 I do. Yeah, in this moment, yeah, I think it's a funny one. I was going to go with with Fred because we discussed him a couple of weeks back. I just think he gets like an absurd amount of. I don't think he's like unbelievable. I just think he's just. It became oh, like, trendy to not like him. He's just it? fine. Like yeah. he's just one of them okay players. Um, but I'm actually going with Jordan Henderson. Um, oh. Jordan Henderson. <laughs> Is well good, and yeah. everyone gives him loads and loads and loads of abuse. He's not good and I'm not sure why. Or I don't think he's
2: as good as people think, or some people think he is. But he's—I'm been... I'm probably one of those people that
0: doesn't doesn't think he's that good. I don't. But yeah. I think the thing is that he's been so crucial to this. Like, and you don't be part of one of these sides without being like really unbelievably useful. Yeah. And mm. it's one of those weird things where I. I remember years back, I think about Man City's teammates and it was at the time where like Robinho was in the squad and I think Yael was there as well. And every single one of the players they picked to do teammates with, they were like best player in the squad. And they were all like Gareth Barry, Gareth Barry, Gareth Barry, Gareth Barry. And, Gareth Barry was like, I don't know, Yaya Toure probably, <laughs> like, and and it was just like one of those things. It seems similar with Tottenham when Kane was like in his pomp, and there were loads of good players. Every single player in the teammates is saying, "Moussa Dembélé, best was, yeah. player in the squad, best player in the squad." And I think Jordan Henderson is another one of those unsung heroes that, if you asked every player in the Liverpool squad, you know who you know does the bits and bobs that makes this team tick. Henderson doesn't get enough credit for that. I think he's I think even he's, better than that, though,
1: because I think that people don't notice how much he conducts play at times. Like, he doesn't just do bits and pieces. Like, he sets off a lot of their attacks. He plays some really key passes at times as well.
2: And he's just not a fashionable person to like. He just does some things that really wind me up on the pitch. Like no, when well, he run, when I don't he, think he's perfect. When he, when he runs over to a teammate and stands one yard from him and goes, pass me the ball, and then they pass it one yard and he turns around and then passes it five yards the other way, I'm like, you didn't need to get involved in any of that. In yeah. fact, you could have stood still. And you could have maybe he opened up some space somewhere else where I he's mean, supposed to be standing. Maybe, maybe, but very often he just, he just takes, I think he takes a, too much of an authoritative yeah, yeah. tone. But back, back to like the, the Barry thing, that'll be the, and it's the same with Henderson as well. Like, it's the intangibles that we as fans looking on from afar can't see, can't yeah. read, don't know. That's why people say Barry's the best because of what he does that you can't see. But they they realise and they pick it as a result. And Henderson probably is a similar vibe.
0: Yeah, I just think he just gets loads of disrespect for someone that's led Liverpool to their first Champions League in over a decade, is almost certainly going to be the man that lifts the Premier League trophy yeah. in May. And the Euros. Leave, you know, is, is no, Gerard's going things. back for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> yeah, one of those things where like, yeah, Stephen Gerrard was given all the, all the credits in the world and, and yes, deservedly, he was a wonderful football player, but he wasn't a captain that's going to you know, lead Liverpool yeah. to the Premier League again. And Jordan Henderson is going to be that yeah. man. Yeah. And I just think he gets an unnecessary mess. Respect from me. Fair enough. Number thirteen, unlucky for some, and unlucky for these players that we're about to discuss. This is from Matt B one two three on Instagram. He says, "Worst summer transfers." Sam, start us off. Oh, six six months is um, you can get a fair idea. Things can turn around. Yeah, no, but, it doesn't you, mean but, they're going to be rubbish forever. But
2: you get a fair you get a fair idea of
0: it. Um, Matt actually included Zhao Felix in the question. I think that's harsh. I think it's harsh because you well.
2: he's, he's, he got he missed like a month and a yeah, half injured. I, I, I would. And call, he's been I would, okay since then. He's been really. fine. Yeah, he yeah. was quite good before as well well yeah I mean yeah sure he was it's basically like he wasn't there when he was injured because he wasn't um I've got a couple here I went Premier League the one that really stands out to me and it's it's not because it was a big fee or anything like that it's Jesus Vallejo who joined Wolves from Real Madrid on loan centre-back in the summer his loan has been cut short having made like three or four appearances he got edged out of the team by Max Kilman, I played... thought that was a
0: really good signing at the time as yeah. well. I was like, oh, good, now, bit of business. And
2: now Max Kilman is the fifth centre-back in a rotation of five for, for a three-man defence. He was playing at Maidenhead a couple of years ago in the National League, which is like mm. tier six or mm. something like that. It's a good story for Max. It's, it's, Fair it's, play oh, to him. And like look, Max look, Kilman. This is because, firstly, because Max Kilman has been excellent when he's played. Like, yeah. genuinely very, very good. There is tough competition there. But Vallejo, in the summer, lifted the under-21 Euros with Spain. And I think he was their captain.
0: Yeah, I think he was oh. as well. What the...
2: What's happened? Yeah, no, like, it's really how does on. this happen? The other one I want to nominate is Marvellous in the camber at Villa, 12 million, doesn't seem to be able to kick a ball properly. It, yeah, by name, Te- but not by name. Technically yeah, speaking, he's
0: so far away from the level of the that Premier one. League that, uh, that it genuinely confuses actually me. Actually, someone who, in a similar vibe to Viejo, also joined Wolves was Patrick Catrone and yeah. uh, it looks like he's off. And he leaving, Ooh, yeah. Uh, so it looks uh, like yeah. he's off to Fiorentina, that's been an, an experiment that just hasn't worked, hasn't it? I thought it was it's a weird signing in the I first place, pre, that one. Well, I thought it was a good signing because I thought with Europa League, they're going to have to rotate. Raul Jimenez can't play three games a week every week. That's madness. Right. He tried. But he basically does, <laughs> he apparently. No, he has to. But even even when they haven't had Jimenez, they've played you know Jota and Neto up front together. And that's when you know you're down the pecking order. When yeah. they're playing players out of position yeah. to get you out of the team,
2: you're because not doing Because clearly well. Neto was Jota's rotator. Yeah. And clearly Cotrone was Jimenez's rotator. They set the squad up perfectly. They had two players for each position of those, and then they were, right, Europa League, you get six games plus the odd ones. And when you ended up with Jota and Neto, that's not was never the plan. The you plan, know for yeah. a fact that wasn't the plan. So that's that reflects Bad. really badly on Cotrone. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Dean. Danny Welbeck. So Watford. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: He joined Watford. He joined Watford. Oh Everyone's yeah. Everyone's forgotten now. He only played one full game um played 90 minutes against wolves lost and then in october started a game against spurs pulled up after one minute with a hamstring injury and hasn't been seen yet they're paying him nearly 100 grand a week whoa it was a free yeah. transfer but still they're paying i think he might be their highest earner that, but more than Deeney. Transfers,
2: transfers free transfers mean high wages don't they? yeah for an english player like that
0: i've got to add um from, and to go abroad and to leave the Premier League slightly. Muniz mm. uh, de Boer signed for Sevilla. Yeah. From, uh, from Salzburg. From Salzburg. He's now left. He's already gone from Hoffenheim. He played 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this man scored goals for fun yeah. last season. And they've been in the Europa League with Luke de Jong
2: up front, who's yeah. got two in the league and is basically yeah, not—he's not—he's not, he's one one not at it at that level. Though, and it the, did you, break you my see heart. De Boer managed to get 13-0 um, in the weekend league and FIFA? I did not just see just before Christmas. He got 13-0 which tells you that he's not doing an awful lot else with his time. He's playing at too because much he's, he's FIFA. playing at a pro level of FIFA.
0: Yeah. Luki Jovic is probably a shit.
2: I
1: know, here. I was just thinking Jovic, like, Allaire,
0: Rebic. Oh, no, no, Allaire's
1: done okay. allaire has
0: been, been given loads of stick recently and I was like, I think he scored like seven, eight goals. That was like not he, a bad under,
1: If he'd carried on under Pellegrini, it wouldn't have Alè just wouldn't have been.
0: I just think he was if 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 he if he's at halfway stage and he's got Eight in all comps, which I think is what he has. I think he's yeah, mostly fine. If he got sixteen in all comps in so his first season in English football, you'd be like, "Yeah, but well, well, right, a lot of West Ham fans
1: don't particularly like him." But that, that, that's fine; no, they, they don't have cross. to. If he scores sixteen goals in all comps, no, I know.
0: they don't need to like him. He's doing the business. Anyway, that's fine. Signing,
1: they'll sign at least two strikers
0: in this window, and that'll be the last we see of him. <laughs> it's <laughs> very strange. Right. There's a couple of these ones where they've just moved and not played. Is weird, isn't it? Is yeah, Malo, I would not, have said Ismail Saar until recently because he just hadn't kicked into the yeah, team, well, but now he has. So
2: he came to life when they appointed a manager who. Uses wingers yeah, yeah that is true shock he was Absolute great ago, yeah he's been yeah, he's I mean,
0: been really good he's excellent. Up nowhere. He's, he's a very he's, very good player he's the
2: player in the summer that when Arsenal signed Pepe for 72 million I pointed at Saar for 30 and went I'd have done the other one yeah I highly rate him he just he needed, Pepe's done well he needed a manager he needed a manager who would play wingers
0: yeah and he's now he one. has one. Oh, one that's good right Ooh, that is the nonsense sirens, it's And back. that means... Still here. Still haven't got a new siren. No, yeah. Well, that no, siren. to be fair, we've had a week since we made the pact that we were going to find a player to do the siren for us. Oh, that's true. So we've only got... We've only yeah, had, I haven't seen any players since. We haven't yet. seen any players since, so unfortunately we haven't moved on yet. But right now, that. you've stuck with me. Okay. Right. So last, you got last week,
2: you asked us what our new year's resolutions were mm. and i very curtly and quite rudely replied i don't do those to you mm-hmm. even though that's a massive lie <laughs> like i'd already got one i no. don't know why i did it <laughs> you've done something i'm sure you of just it. like to be rude um i am rude yeah so i've got I called th- you the nicest man of the football at the top of this podcast and yeah, this yeah. is how you repay me don't look behind this the curtain people crazy. don't look behind the this curtain is so i've done my three new year's resolutions uh, and I'm going to start with the one that you guys already know, because I'd literally already told you about my New Year's resolution before I was rude to you. Guinness is now my drink. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm now, I Every time I go to a pub, a pub now, I am ordering a Guinness. Welcome to the club, there my friend. a huge disparity between the amount I like Guinness and the number of pints I've ordered in my life of Guinness. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, to be fair, I've only liked it for about three years, maybe two years. And um, it is a new thing, but I'm going to double down on that in in 2020. It's healthy as well. It is the best part for you in terms of calories. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, Number two is, and I don't know how this actually happens, like how this physically how this this transpires, I'm yet to figure it out, but I'm going to kick a 50-yard field goal this year. Now, I'm probably going to have to go to the park and set up like With a tape measure,
0: I'm going to film this. By the way, I need need help.
2: I need help with it. This is weird. um, But I I just every time I watch a game, I'm like, I could do that. I could, I could definitely do that. People always say like, yeah, but what if you had eleven padded, 250 pound men running at you? I'd be like, I can do it. I'm fairly sure that I can get enough on that. Maybe not 50 immediately, but I think I can do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to train up this year, and I'm going to kick in some fashion a 50 yard field goal. Right,
0: school. When we're in America. Which we will hope to be again this year. We'll find a way back. Please, please, can you help us try and sort this out? Because I don't think Sam will achieve this. I can can get it somewhere, but fifty. I'm gonna have to train. Okay. What's number one?
2: Number one. Now this is a symbol of how grown up I am nowadays. I'm gonna explore the world of pate. (laughs) (laughs) So the other day, the other day, I went to I went to a supermarket and I bought some pate, and I thought. Oh, I remember that. My parents used to eat it. And I used to think it was for, like, people that had lived through wars. And, like, like, like corn like beef. Like corned beef. I yeah, used like, to like, love like, corn like, beef. Like, all canned food. is Second like World War, that's all I ate. You surely don't eat that unless you are being rationed by the government. But, hey, I picked it up. I thought, 75p, why, why not? Let's give it a go. Put it on some toast. Actually, pretty good. And it I've realised there's quite a lot of different avenues you can go down with pate. Lots of different blends and different flavours, different variations. It's the first time I've ever had pate voluntarily, the other day that was, because I had it at a wedding the year before, and it was okay. I was reasonably okay with it, but this one really changed my mind, and I thought, <laughs> I just looking at the shelf, I thought, there's quite a lot of different pates there. This I'm is
1: tough of your knees. I, <laughs> I,
2: I reckon I could give this a go.
1: Mackerel pate is my favourite. <laughs> my mum makes mackerel pate. Yeah, my aunt
0: does. It's good, isn't it?
2: And honestly, like, I'm going to go for it, and I, this might lead to a pate ranking
0: soon. Lovely. Fantastic. Paté cake, paté cakes. Well, on a a paté note, we are going to close off this episode. Rang Squad, thank you so much for sticking with us for the entire year. If this... Is a first, or you are new to the Rank Squad, welcome. Uh go back and listen to those episodes we We've said at the 60. start. There uh, there's a lot of fun to be had in our back catalogue, evergreen fun. Um all I've got to say is thank you so much to Dean Jones. Cheers, mate, happy new year. Thank you so much to Sam Tai. Cheers, mate. I have been Jack Collins. This has been a whole lot of fun. 61, we keep going. This is BR football ranks, year two, V2. Things are going up, up and up, Rank Squad. Thanks for listening. Take care.